Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a, no, a new episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett. Uh, today, we're going to talk about failing often. Uh, this was something that I had never really uh, thought about or heard of even until I was reading a, I think it was a Google book saying, hey, if you're not like failing enough, maybe you are not uh, trying you enough. Bar. You haven't set your bar high enough. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And when I like personally, I feel like uh, I do not succeed in every project. Uh, I don't know that I would say like that I'm 50 50 half and half, but I try swinging pretty far. Uh, but I don't know that I swing far enough sometimes. And I'm just sort of curious. Uh, and I know there are some people out there that I work with that like succeed in like every single project, which sometimes like no matter how high the bar is set, when you see people like achieving all these, it's like, I don't know how you do that. And like, what are the projects that people aren't failing at if they can knock out these like incredibly high level things all the time? And uh, yeah, I thought it was a, it was a very interesting concept that I just never really thought of before. It's, it's, it's been around for a long time. And I uh, look back in some of the early philosophers and theologians and people like that, you know, they, they often talk about riding a bicycle or anything you learn to do for the first time as a child. Like how many times did you scrape your knee, you know, bruise something or something riding a bicycle, right? Oh, yeah. That's failing often. So the success is being able to ride a bicycle uh, because you learn. Walking is the same way. You know, you take babies. How many times did they fall on their butt, fall on their face? Failing often. And failing yeah. often is such a simple concept uh, that we take it for granted. And I'm not really sure we know what it means. So yeah. you know, to fail means to attempt something and not be successful at it. Mm -hmm. We as a society has lumped negativity with failing. So no one wants to fail. But uh, my favorite uh, example of failing, and either, even though I think he was a little bit of a narcissist, was Steve Jobs. I mean, think about this. He and Wojo started in their garage building this thing. You know, they got some handouts from people, you know, after, um, Microsoft gave them some money. I think IBM gave them some money and then they had investors. So, you know, they really, you know, got off the ground, but he was such a perfectionist, which is one of the things that flies in the face of failing, because if you're perfect, you can't fail. Well, that doesn't really rise because, you know, all of us fa have failed. Yeah. I don't care who you are, you fail. If you learn to walk, if you run bicycle, if you learn to code programming, whatever you've done, you failed. You know, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I'd write a piece of code, code in COBOL or Fortran and it would get to that abort loop and loop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I almost think of that as like micro, like micro failures, like all the time. Like every time all I write a piece time. of code, like it's going to fail 30 times before it's going to work. And then it will probably fail like 30 or 40 more times. Right. And I mean, people who are great cooks, people, anybody who's artists, whoever you are, you have a great skill. It's constantly perfecting. And I hate the word perfecting, but re improving upon what you've done thus far. Yeah. And so as, as human beings, you know, we've taken so much for granted, right? So, you know, you have a job, you get paid, you have a house, you have bills and all that stuff. When you see about people, if you remember, if you read anything about the Great Depression, how many people who lost their fortunes killed themselves because oh, yeah. that thought of failure 
was too impossible to believe that you could build yourself back. But Steve Jobs is the perfect example of coming back from, you know, being fired from your own company. That's got to be failing at the highest level of failure. You could fail, right? So how did this is the company you created? It's might go fire you from it. That's failing. But what's really impressive about that is his persistence and his dedication to what he wanted to do and the vision he had. And so when we think about failing, we think about how catastrophic it is to fail, right? So if you're trying to build a a company like Apple and you get fired from it or you lose whatever it is, there's a part of you that thinks, oh my God, but you have to get up and go again. Bill Clinton is another example. I mean, you know, so here he has this Monica Lewinsky thing. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, whatever that might mean. But look at him now. I mean, well, not now, but a few years ago, he was able to come back resilient fighting. The problem with failing is where you are mentally, right? So how well are you mentally? So how many attacks on your person can you take? Not physical attacks, but these failing attacks, right? So, you know, you go in for your performance review. We talked about this not long ago and you didn't get what you thought you were going to get. You put in all this effort. The question Mm -hmm. is, where does the problem belong? Does it belong to you or does it belong to the job that's setting this performance criteria? And more times than not, it belongs to you. And so we are not conditioned for that harsher criticism of ourselves because we take it so personally. But if you do not fail, you cannot succeed. I mean, like you must fail. I mean, like, you know, take the the Ford car, the Model T, what was the first one? I mean, like, you know, this car was killing people, you know, it was hard, but you have to fail to get, well, you got self-driving cars today. So you got technology coming in from all of those failures, you know, think about the seatbelt, all of these things that were, you know, someone's attempt at trying to do something. And here we are today with all of this technology. They got some cars you sit in and put the seatbelt on for you. <laughs> so you put your finger on the key, to the button to start the car, all the gadgets starts going, lights come on, the seatbelt comes on and, you know, and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, it's, it's really one of those things where failing is a necessity. Yeah. The, when you talk about Steve Jobs, that really like sort of puts it in perspective for me, because like, I wonder if like if he had not been fired from his own company, would we have the Apple that we have now? Like, probably not. Like, I mean, I don't think it would be as good as it was if he didn't have to sort of like go back, start from scratch and then have to like recompete with his own company to get his spot back. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I was telling Skip to be quiet. He just walked. <laughs> no I worries. I messed up the recording myself, but I apologize. That's but fine. yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you think about it for your own career, so, you know, you start off going in this direction and you change. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be able to straddle that bridge of what I think I'm going to be and what I'm going to be. And, and merge the two. You didn't give up your love for theater. You still love horror. Who knows why? But, you know, you've oh, got yeah. all these things that were part of your, your past. It's still a part of your present. And how you got from the point to know that you didn't want to work in theater permanently. It could have been something simple as how much theater people are paid, even though I don't know. Maybe they make a lot of money because these movies, they make cost gazillions uh, of dollars. So Yeah, it was 100% about pay personally. Like, you got to pay rent. And it's very hard to do that. Uh doing a theater job every six weeks (laughs) but if you thought about that think about if you would have stayed with it if you would have stayed you know maybe i'd be watching the drew stint horror show on tv instead of chucky or whatever (laughs) these crazy things are that they put on the tv but you know that's 
but but it's important to be comfortable making that change, right? So if Steve Jobs would have said, well, I'm not going to make any more computers anymore. I'm going to go and do something different. You know, you have to be able to be at peace with making the change. And if the failures come and if they come often enough, do you know how to manage them, right? So um, I told you uh, a while ago, what happened to me at Duke devastated me. And I wasn't prepared for that because it seemed like a direct attack upon me, right? It was something wrong with me. And, you know, it took me a minute to get on the other side of that, to be able to say, you know, and there's a, another one of those old quirky sayings um, that God does not close the door, does not close a window without opening a door or conversely, I don't remember which one it is, but like things happen, but we want to go back. So I wanted to go back to do so bad after that happened. And it's one of those things where you fix in your brain, you know, like there was a reason why that moved, that that thing moved, right? So if Steve had not been fired, we would not have these great products that we have today, right? Yeah. Because you had to have that setback, you know? So a lot of people take failure and turn it into despair. And I think that we really need to rethink that. How do you know, like... And I guess it's a hard question, but like, how do you know when you have a failure that like, when you're looking to say like, is this something that I should look to like internally? And like, is this a Drew thing? Or is this an external failure where I'm being treated unfairly? Like, how do you really even tell the difference between that? So I would say, even if you are being treated unfairly, and, and in my case, you should be completely okay with that because <laughs> That's a sign, right? So just imagine the people who you work with. If you went in one day, you know, you know who you are. You're very focused, dedicated, you know, hardworking guy. If you went in one day and they didn't appreciate something you did. And I mean, you don't need to have your feet licked every day, but, you know, to appreciate what you do. And you think, oh, my God, well, they're recognizing this guy over here, this girl over here, but they're not recognizing me. Well, that's a sign. You know, and sometimes I always tell people, you know, the universe is constantly talking to you. You're just not listening. Right. So the universe will tell you, for example, you know, your water heater, your roof and your uh, dishwasher all fail on the same day. That's the universe talking to you. You know, like if they fail within months of each other, it might be age. But usually the universe is trying to tell you something. So one of our neighbors, um, their house burnt to the ground while they were in the house. Whew, that's scary. Car and everything, the, everything happened, right? So um, they moved out. Uh, fortunately, the neighborhood I live in, there's a lot of people who love each other and care about each other. So, you know, um, they could have took that as a sign. Well, maybe I need to move out this neighborhood because how can something burn? And I think, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think they may have been barbecuing outside or something. I don't remember what the spark was, but something. And, uh, you know, somebody might take that as a sign and say, oh, I guess I need to move. But then the universe shows up and all the neighbors, we do a fundraiser in the neighborhood. They find them a place to live. Somebody has a house who doesn't live in it during the winter or something. They find a place for them to live. You know, I mean, all of these things work. So, you know, when the universe sends you that signal, it also sends you a response to the signal, right? So you can do one of two things. You could crawl into a hole and die. Believe me, I wanted to do that. Or you could find the advantages of that failure. And so in the case where others don't appreciate you, you have to not assume any value from that whatsoever because you never know. It could be a bad day. It could be they're, they're not really cognizant of, of, of your feelings and what you need. Yeah. Or it could be simply 
that this was just your sign. Drew, it's time for you to move on to the next thing. You know, go be a manager or go do something different. So, and I often tell people, you know, when I coach people and work on branding with them, I often tell people, the question is, is do you know who you are in the conversation? So Drew and Rochelle, do I know Mm -hmm. who I am? Yes, I know who I am. Do I know who you are? Yes, I do. And so whatever happens between the two of us. So if you and I get into an argument one day, we have we are having this conversation and I say something that bothers you. I know who you are at the you're a good person at your heart. You're you're you 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 care about things, you really put your best foot forward. So if you and I had a falling out, I would just chalk that up. Well, either I or Drew weren't having a good day that day, but we would make it up, you know. Right. That's the strength. Of that, and I'll tell you another way where that persistence stays is in marriage, right? So everybody knows the least paying job, the least rewarding job is marriage, right? So you're married to someone, and you get into this routine, and sometimes they get old and they fade. But the work that you do, failing often, is to go back and keep trying to do better. Doesn't hurt to ever say I'm sorry. Ask the simple question: How are you today? Little things like that, kind of keep you when you fail getting back up getting back on that bicycle and going for that ride and that's what people need to learn how to do is how to fail gracefully and not take it personally yeah yeah no that's a that's a that's a really great point that uh that sort of conversation reminds me of and i hope you're okay with me sharing this if not i'll cut it out (laughs) but uh when you were at duke uh when you're still working you were saying something about not wanting to get fired or something and i remember saying and then like responding to you like rochelle you're not going to get fired. They're never going to get rid of you. Like, what are you thinking? And you responded back and you were very like respectful. And you said something like, well, Drew, like you're not seeing it through your white privilege or something like that. And like, when he said that, I was like, at first I was like, white privilege. Oh, what did I do? And when I thought about it, I was like, no, like Rochelle's absolutely right on that. Like I'm seeing it. I'm seeing her life, like through my eyes, not through her eyes, just because it's not something that I've experienced. And it's, I don't know, it was one of those things where it was like a moment where it's like, oh yeah, like you need to like think about things outside of yourself. Like you, you don't, you don't know everything and you don't live in other people's shoes and you can't really do that. And you just need to sort of like, listen. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about Duke eliminating my position was such that I should have known it was coming because my relationship with my supervisor was never smooth. It was never from the very onset. You know, his boss hired me. His boss wanted me, not him. And so if you can imagine as being uh, a new employee and you don't get much say-so in that employees coming into your group and you're responsible for their work and things of that nature, you know, it was always there. But it was also one of those things where, and I think I tell you this all the time, like, I rarely apply for jobs. Usually someone will call me out of the blue and say, hey, we'd like to hire you for this thing right here. And it's like, you know, the community college job, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to him about a diversity chat. And he says, you know, while we're talking, you know, I really would like to see if you'd be interested in applying for this position I have over here. I think you'd make a great foot for it. And so Duke was like that because they had felt, felt, the law school had failed an audit. And so, um, I guess I had a reputation in the IT world around RTP was I was a fixer. So they hired me, um, but it was always contentious. It was never a smooth, easy job, you know? So there's the part where being black is a problem. There's a part where being female is a problem. There's a part where everything that I brought to the table was a problem for someone, 
but it was also important for me to, that, to be there because there were so many people I helped. There were so many people whose lives I made better. So it was important to be there. But then the universe said, okay, this is time to stop this. And every single day I think about that. And I think about, that's a great failure. That was a great failure because it was time to stop being there and doing that because it was interfering with the, I mean, like there was no part of Duke that I did not touch from the very top to the very bottom. So it was really, um, okay, these people don't want this. People don't want to talk about diversity like this. People don't want you to do these things that are not in your job description. You know, we want you to walk straight to the door, turn it, open it, go sit down and then go out not reach out beyond that. And that was not yeah. what it was. So it was just the universe talking. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, so another sort of part of all this, like failing often, like, is there a failing too often? Like, I know we sort of talk about like, I'll call them like micro failures again, where you're just like iterating on something, fail, 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 fail succeed. But is there a time when uh, you're getting to a point with maybe like not micro failures, but bigger failures where you should step back and say like, okay, time to lower the bar again, or should you always just go for that higher bar? Do you remember me telling you a while ago about this special that's on the History Channel called The Men That Built America? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they've got a lot of other pieces like that, too. It's called Engineering America, The Food That Built America, and all these things. If, if you really want the answer to that question, you watch that series. So take Tesla, for example. Tesla had interned under Edison. He had moved out on his own. He got his own sponsors, his own financial backing, and he still failed. And he kept failing over and over and over again. But on the, in the end, you know, Edison was the more renowned, more experienced, you know, had all these patents and all these things. But Edison was stuck on DC uh, electricity. And, and, and Tesla knew that the future was AC current. Um, and so the, the fact that he was rejected so many times, just imagine what, what, what the world would be like. I'm sure someone would have discovered electricity and all these things, you know, by now. But, but just think about what the world would have been like if he had not done that. Because like we're talking about in 1800s, early 1900s, in the very early industrial age of America. Yeah. So I think that there is such a thing as too much failure, but it's more mental. It's how does it affect your psyche? to have that much failure. So if you, like, for example, take this, if you apply for a job and every job you apply for, you didn't get it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that kind of stuff that messes with your mind, right? What's wrong with me? Why aren't they hiring me? Why, what, what, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Um, that kind of thing is again, going back to what I said about knowing yourself, you have got to be in close contact with yourself. That's self-introspection, that self-determination, that constantly and analyzing the self helps you overcome failures no matter how how hard how hard they are. And I think lowering the bar means that you lower your expectations of yourself. If you set that bar up there, so if you wake up, you know, in the morning and you say, I am going to be the president of Duke University in 10 years. And you start working at that. And let's just say setback up. So well, Drew, you don't have a doctorate degree in education or philosophy or whatever it is they want you to have. No, we don't think you're going to be there. So you have to believe that for that to be true. It's not true until you believe it. Hmm. So if you believe you cannot be the president, you cannot be the president. But if you believe it, you walk around your obstacle. So no matter what it is that's put in front of you, you stay in front of that obstacle. So you say, okay, 
So I've got to go get a doctorate degree or whatever is equivalent to these these days, whatever works. These days. I got to go do that. Okay, check that box. Still didn't get the job. Okay, you've gone and worked in all the departments in higher education. Still didn't get the job. It's just more work you need to do because to take on a role like that and go back to Steve Jobs, considering his impact on the world, he had to go through a certain level of humility, failure. And that's what that failure was. And I mean, you know, people take a lot of pride in pride, right? Not being humble, not bowing your head, not saying yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you know, failing. And the problem is, is that in order to live in a world with human beings, you must have a degree of humility to allow yourself to fail so you can succeed again. So when you wake up and you want to be the president of Duke, you then have to take the steps to make you get there. But then you have to overcome all the self-doubters. Okay, so you're X number of years old. You've not done this before. But if you believe that, then it's true. But if you don't, you can do anything, you know, because maybe you may not become the president of Duke University now, but when you go become the president of, what's a college in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in uh, the part of Virginia where you're from? Um, I you mean, know. we got Liberty, but I don't want to be a president over there. Okay. How about, yeah. how about the Lynchburg right. College? <laughs> so you go be a president at Lynchburg College, you build your, your cred there, your credibility there, and then you go to Duke or wherever your next place is, because then you become what you believe you are and other people see it. Other people see the value in you. And that's that part that works to get you overcoming that. But don't ever lower your bar because your dream is your dream. You want it. Believe in it, go get it. Thank you for listening to Eminent Teachnology. If you like the show, please review, subscribe, and recommend us to your friends and family. We'd love to hear feedback from you as well. You can email us at eminentteachnology at gmail.com. See y'all soon.